We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Anthony for three. It in. It's one. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Tell me who can guard in this league. I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It's Friday, November 9th, 2018. I'm Alex Barutha, and sitting next to me is Shannon McEwen. And on the phone, as always, is Ken K. Train Kreitz. This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review or you can download and listen on the RotoWire website. Um, as always, we're going to be going through some news. We're going to talk about some players that it might be too soon to panic on, but we're going to talk about them. Um, and then always we're going to round things out with our DFS picks. Um, but last night, the Bucks got a 23-point victory over Golden State. Um, Curry... As predicted by Alex. Nice. Well at- done. Yes, uh, I took the Bucks to win outright. Um, mm. Yes, very, very hot take. Um, but Steph Curry yeah. did leave the game uh, with a left adductor strain. He will get an MRI. I guess, do you guys have any feelings about Curry specifically, if like Quinn Cook is worth a pickup, or maybe just Bucks Warriors in general? 
No Draymond is my first thing that comes to mind, but uh, the Warriors deserve some injury issues. They've been so lucky in the past few years. Well, yeah, no Draymond. Curry leaves the game early with with his uh, left abductor strain. Um, you also had Kevin Durant had probably his worst game of the season. Um, under scored under twenty points, had like six or seven turnovers, I believe. So, so not not a strong outing from them. Um, but if Curry misses time, uh, yeah, Quinn Cook's got to be the guy, right? Um, you know, he filled in a little bit uh, last year, I believe, and was was a serviceable fancy yeah. plug in. So. I expect more of the same this year if, if Curry does miss time. But I, I'm optimistic about Curry. Uh, initially, after suffering the injury, he stayed in the game for a little bit before before finally leaving. So hopefully that MRI comes back clean and, and nobody has to panic there. Guys, I was mostly watching Celtics. Was it Giannis frustrating Durant, or did Durant just have a bad night? I mean, I I think Durant kind of just had a bad night. But at the same time, I think the length of the Bucks does bother golden state i think it's been that way even when jason kidd was the coach um and the bucks were just trying to force everybody into mid-range jumpers that's the goal this year and they have enough length to where if you pull up like someone's going to be relatively close to you to bother you so i think it just they got a little flustered durant made some mistakes yeah this team has beat the warriors in the past too the past couple of years, yeah. I yeah, when they, they have some wins against the Warriors. Well, I was going to yeah. ask you guys if Jason Kidd is still head coach of the Bucks, do they get this W? No, they would be like five and five right now <laughs> if Jason Kidd was the head coach. Um, no, but yes, Ken, the length did bother him some. I mean, he, if you watch the highlights, John Henson threw uh, a shot of of Durant's that was pretty pretty sick. Giannis did the same. Um, Giannis had a, a nice steal. Like it, it, they were good, and, and you got Middleton as well. I mean, just tons and tons of length. Um, so that was part of it. Nice. Um, and just on the the Quinn Cook front, I guess depending on you know how long Curry's out for, but when Cook saw at least thirty minutes last year, he averaged seventeen points, five assists, four rebounds, um, and also good. hit two and a half threes. It is good. Yeah. Um, so that's that's worth noting, worth picking up if Curry's out for an extended period of time. If you're in a league where you can just pick guys up willy nilly without you know a waiver wire specific day. You may just do that now, I suppose. Um, but, Ken, you do have some some more things to discuss about Steph Curry for us. Yes, I saw this on the Twitter sphere a couple days ago, so this doesn't include last night's game. Um, but it kind of blew my mind. I didn't quite believe it. I had to actually look it up. Uh, I apologized. I forget who tweeted this out. but So Steph Curry, before last night, entered last night's game 43.8% three-point shooting percentage pretty darn good of course hall of fame future hall of famer russ westbrook overall field goal percentage is worse 43.6 percent gentlemen there's got to be something more said for efficiency i mean that's why i like turnovers (laughs) in fantasy contests but I, that's that kind of blew my mind, Shannon. I cut you off. Sorry. No, I mean you're right, and that's why I know numerous people, including myself, said before the season, despite all these great players who are going to be putting up ridiculous stat lines, you know the Giannis's, the Anthony Davis's of the world, that there was an argument for Steph Curry to be the number one ranked player in rotisserie leagues, and the yeah. reason why is because of his his efficiency. I mean. Just the fact that you have a, a high-volume high shooter from the point guard position 
who shoots that well from 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 downtown, from the field as a whole, from the free free throw line. It, it's just it's amazing. He's that's what makes him such a great fantasy player is that efficiency. And for those wondering, his career field goal percentage, Curry's overall field goal percentage, forty seven point eight percent. Awfully darn good for a shooting for a guard. It is, and he's leading the league in scoring right now at twenty nine and a half points per game. He led the league in scoring once before at 30.1 he also led the league in steals that year at 2.1 because steals have gone down since then every year they're sitting at one uh right now so based in in yahoo yahoo average stats he's the number one ranked player this year so you know hopefully he's not out hopefully only hopefully he misses only one or two games at most um, because that'll be a huge huge dent for anyone's fantasy squad And, and you guys are debating exactly what part of steph curry's body is injured it's kind of like it's technically his adductor, which is your thigh kind of groin area. Yeah, it looked like he got he got kneed in the groin area um, by Eric Bledsoe, um, and you could see it I- immediately. He he it was uh, it was irritating him. So we'll see. Hopefully, it wasn't. You know, I, I'm hoping it's actually not any kind of strain, and it was more of just a how you doing to the boys. Did he? Did- <laughs> <laughs> Did he make that America's Funniest Video facial reaction? You know, and every time someone gets something to the groin, bat, football. No, it, it wasn't some cartoon Whoa. exaggeration, but uh, it was noticeable. It was noticeable when it happened. <laughs> Fantastic. Alex, right. I believe you have news for us out of Cleveland. Yeah, uh, speaking of injuries, George Hill is out for two weeks with a right shoulder strain. So Colin Sexton is going to start at point guard. Um, over his past 103 minutes on the court, Colin Sexton has seven assists, which isn't great. He played 42 minutes during the most their most recent game against Oklahoma City and had one assist. Do you guys feel that Sexton is worth picking up at all in fantasy leagues, or is this more of a Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson kind of a situation? Yeah, I think he's worth picking up. Um, 12-team, 14-team leagues, absolutely. Um, 10 team leagues, depending on how, how deep your, your rosters are in in those leagues. Um, but we knew Sexton wasn't going to be a big playmaker and get a lot of assists this season. Even if he were handed the full-time starting job, he only averaged 3.6 assists per game in college. So that was always a worry. He's always been more of a score first point guard. I think if the, the, the most optimistic outlook for Sexton would be, he could be like a poor man's Donovan Mitchell this year. Um, well, and and who's yeah. he going to pass to on this Cavalier team? No, exactly. <laughs> That's a fair point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my question about it, and what makes it interesting, is given where the Cavs are, um, you know, they're they're wretched, they're a horrible team. Kevin Love's out forever. Um, they've already told many of their veterans that they're not going to play him or, or play the, or they're going to rely on the younger guys. Don't you think this this window right here for Sexton? means he's probably going to be the starting point guard for the rest of the season. Because I do. Should. Should. He has to be horrible. I mean, he has to be, if he's just serviceable for the next two weeks, there's no way they take him out of the starting lineup. So you you don't want to experiment with a J.R. Smith there? (laughs) No. That's more sarcastic. There's no way they go back back to George Hill. There's no way they go back to George Hill unless Sexton just proves that he's not ready. Is like, there any team that would take a whole package of Hill, Smith, and Corver and a bag of balls for like a late second round pick? 
Those contracts get tough, man. I, I, I've got yeah. to del- I would have to double check the contracts, but I believe Smith is signed for like another two years after this season. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe only one, but it's not. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. So I think Hill and Corver do have some value, but I think the Smith contract makes it difficult for him to get moved. J.R. Smith has one more year on his deal for fifteen point seven million dollars, um, which is way too much um but <laughs> speaking of point guards can you have something to tell us about john wall well i was reading the prolific zach Lowe on espn and uh he has uh, you know i grew up in washington a bullets fan the old wes Unsell, elvin hayes days uh he has a nice piece on the uh more recent history of terrible moves by the wizards and in the middle of the story he pulled out an interesting stat from second spectrum they have a stat called percent of court time standing or walking. Um, and they rank who has the highest percentages. And the top three players are really interesting. Number one was Dirk Nowitzki. Okay, he's 120 he, he years old. Yeah, he gets I get that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, Boogie Cousins. Well, that's a lot of, you know, you got to adjust the headband. It's a lot of getting angry at your coach, yelling at refs. I get that. But number three, John Wall who's supposed to be your speed demon because he's not that good an outside shooter, and yet he's third in the league in percent of court time standing or walking. And uh, roughly, what are we, seven, ten games in, he's he's also in the top three this year as well. Uh, so to me, this was just more evidence of how doomed the Wizards are. Guys, do you see uh, the Wizards turning things around this year? Not really. Like I think they can. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have a better win pace than two and eight um, because of Dwight Howard. As much as that pains me to say, but John Wall just really isn't playing with a ton of effort this year. Defensively, offensively, he's averaging. I mean, he's has a worse than two to zero assist to turnover ratio. You just keep hearing things out of Washington that suggest like everybody on this team kind of hates each other, or certain groups <laughs> of players on this team hate certain other groups of players on this team. Um, and they just, the, the effort's very minimal. It wouldn't surprise me if, if this was the year they just ended up blowing it up or at least trading one key, just one key piece of this team that may be an issue. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll probably blow it up this year. It's, it's odd. I mean, they have, they've lost to some bad teams too. I mean, the heat, heat aren't horrible, but the heat at home, um, the Kings, the Grizzlies, yeah, it's not. It's well, the Mavericks. It's not pretty, but this team, I I will say, they're two and eight. All right, they're the second worst team in the Eastern Conference right now, but they will finish above the Bulls, Hawks, Knicks, and Magic, who are all above them right now. So I still think they get up to that nine or ten range and challenge for a five for a five hundred record. They, uh, you know, it's Beal and maybe Porter who are the attractive guys to trade. I mean, Wall's game is declining at a rate that that contract could be an albatross around their neck for quite some time. Do you have the wall contract in front of you there, Alex, at all? Let me pull that up. up. We can pull it up, but I think theoretically you'd want to trade wall. Because, oh, they'd uh, love to trade yeah, wall. Right. I, don't, I don't know who takes wall at that, at that max deal. I mean, maybe, you know, you should be calling Phoenix every day. I think they would find a taker. I think, I mean, if 
if there's plenty of teams in the league, if they could make it work, like even like maybe not New York, just because they have their their eye on bigger prizes come in free agency. Phoenix. But there are teams, there are teams that would definitely take it. I know if the Pistons weren't handcuffed by by their Blake contract situation, they would be gladly take a twenty eight year old a twenty eight year old uh, John Wall. So yeah, I'd, he has a. Wall has a $47 million player option for the 2022-23 season. <laughs> why, why even make it a player option? Like, he's going to take it. Like, why, why, are, why are we even pretending? Um, that's fair. I don't know. That's just the, tech, that's the technical details there. Sorry, Alex. Just it is. There. No, and um, for reference, Basketball Reference has their simple rating system, which takes a team strength of schedule, uh, kind of combines it with their margin of victory, According to that, the Wizards are the fourth worst team in the league, only above Phoenix, Cleveland, and Atlanta. Um, I expect that to change because I'm not really sure there's a way for the Wizards to be worse than the Knicks, um, who are the 23rd best team in the league. So I think they'll turn around eventually. Um, But talking about point guards still, Chris Paul um, admitted that he has been fighting an elbow issue essentially all season. He kind of downplayed it, but uh, he is shooting a career worst 39.3% from the field, 78.1% from the line through eight games this season. Um, so it's clearly affecting him. And when you're a team like Houston, who has championship aspirations, you've been underperforming a little bit there. There have been guys out. Um, but when your team is so top heavy like this with Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella, you need all these guys to be as close to 100% as possible because we saw, you know, and we have seen what can happen when these guys aren't healthy. You don't want Gerald Green playing the point. Um, hey, you know, we have to give kudos to Shannon here. Remember a few pod episodes back, we were surprised at how low Chris Paul went for in the Rotowire Keeper League auction. And Shannon jumped in saying, he's not worth it. He's too old. He's on the decline. And, uh, you know, early returns. Kudos to Shannon. Yeah, I mean, he's doing fine on per-game average, but it's just the fact that this is a 33-year-old guard, you know. where We see, you see with guards, it's very rare that a guard enters his mid-30s and is productive. I mean, even his early 30s and remains as productive, like especially at an elite level. I mean, you could argue John Wall is just starting to get up there in age where someone who relies on speed like he does, you know, he's now 28. Multiple surgeries. Look at Darren Williams, like that 28, 29. I think 27, 28 was like his last prime season. Like it happens. It happens. Darren Williams' feet were like in buckets of mud those last few seasons. Yeah. Just painful to watch. So I, I'm worried. I mean, I, I would. Chris Paul's going to be fine. He's going to get you steals. He's going to get you assists. That's why you drafted him. You didn't draft him to score you 20 points per game. So even if he's only scoring 15, 16 points, you're going to be fine. He's going to he's going to provide solid value. So hopefully, hopefully, the main concern hopefully is that he doesn't miss time and only play 59, 60 games like he did the past two seasons. Those insurance ads also make him seem older. Oh, with, young uh, people. Young cool people don't talk insurance that much on television, you know. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, Shannon, tell us about our friends at Playline. All right, podcast listeners, go try Playline.com, the fastest growing fantasy space, uh, fantasy sports gaming platform in the space. Chances you get a chance to win one million dollars every day for free. 
Over $1 billion in prizes available this year. Founded by UFC champ Michael Bisping and two-time NBA all-star Roy Hibbert. Playline.com is fantasy sports simplified. Unlike other more traditional DFS sites, which require complicated, tedious salary cap lineups, Playline picks the players for you, and you only have to predict their stat lines. How many points will LeBron score tonight? How many rebounds will Anthony Davis pull down? How many assists will Paul, Chris Paul get? Lock it in and wait for your winnings. For a limited time, limited time, Playline will be offering a 200% deposit bonus. That's triple your money. You cannot beat that offer. Use promo code NBA Millionaire, no spaces, NBA Millionaire, and collect that bonus. I think I'm going to take the under on Chris Paul assist for that next Rockets game. Okay, under his average? <laughs> well, yeah, on the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about some players who basically, should you panic if you have them on your team? Should you look to trade them? Do you think they're going to bounce back? I'll just kick things off quickly. Um, I have LaMarcus Aldridge on this list. Um, you know, I think with Kawhi Leonard being traded to Toronto and DeMar DeRozan coming back in and seeing the other pieces move around in San Antonio that LaMarcus Aldridge, the general thought was that LaMarcus Aldridge might take on an even bigger scoring load than he had in the past. But he's currently ranked um, by Yahoo scoring average 96th fantasy player in the league his rebounding and passing are up which is encouraging but he's shooting only 43 percent from the field which is down eight percent last year from last year i should say and 77 percent from the free throw line which is down seven percent from last year and he's 0 of five from three so he's really not even taking threes um do you guys think this might be his age he's thir- this is his age 32 season is this lack of other options teams you know kind of pressing up on him or some combination so the thing about LaMarcus Aldridge is he's always played like a 32-year-old. Um, <laughs> That's very true. He's always been that baseline jumper. He's been jumper. preparing for this for years. Yeah. I mean, he's always been that baseline jumper, you know, 12, 12 to 15-foot jump shot, knocking it down, um, not necessarily a great rebounder for his position. So I'm actually, I'm not worried at all. I, there's zero panic in me if I own LaMarcus Aldridge. He's playing 35 minutes per game, which is the most that he's played since he joined San Antonio. He's getting 17 shots per game. You're going to see his field goal percentage and, and free throw percentage creep back up towards his, his nor- career norms, which are 49 and 81%. And once that happens, he's going to be fine. He's going to be doing nearly yeah. as good you know maybe not 23 points per game like last year because they do have DeRozan um, but he's going to be 20 20 and 8 20 and 9 with one block per game and and solid percentages and also qualifies at center in a lot of leagues you especially hate to give up on an upside center so I think you got to stick with him that's a yeah I think I think that's a, a good way to approach things um Ken you want to take us to Washington again yeah, well, you know, I wrote this name before their Thursday, was it Thursday or, no, sorry, Wednesday game where Porter had the game of his season. So I have Otto Porter. He was terrible and had an ankle issue, I think, some injury ding that made him miss a game or two, uh, but then literally just had a huge comeback game. Uh, I was sort of on the fence because the dr- there's so much drama on that team, uh, but he, he literally jumped, I think, 35, 40 spots on average uh, per game stats ranking on Yahoo. Um, so maybe I would say I'm going to change this around a little. 
Who do you guys panic about on that Wizards roster? Is it Porter? Is it Beal? Is it Wall? Who makes you nervous? I, I'm not panicking about any of them. I honestly, I think this is the low point of the season for that team and for each individual player. Um, I have par- I have Porter on my list as well, Ken. And the reason why is because I was going to say, don't panic. Um, even if he would have put up another stinker on Wednesday, I would have said, don't panic. Um, I, yeah, there's been some, some um, internal issues and he complained about not getting enough shots. But Otto Porter's never going to be the guy who's chucking up 20, you know, 15, no. 20 attempts per game. Um, he averaged less than 12 per attempts per game last season. Um, you know, he's another he's another guy who his percentages are down compared to the past two years at this point of the season. I expect those to creep back up some. And Otto Porter's going to be fine. He's going to be a top 60 player based on average stats. It's just not going to be, you know, it's, it's not going to be an exciting uh, top 60 rank because he's not pouring in 18 points per game. But Otto Porter's never done that. He's 13, 14 points, you know, five or six rebounds. He gets you steals. Yeah. An efficient, an efficient third option. Exactly. An efficient third exactly. option. Yeah. Right. And I guess if anybody, maybe John Wall, just because his assists are down um, a two full assists per game. If you're in a league where turnovers count, his turnovers haven't gotten any better. I guess he hasn't been committing fewer turnovers. Um, if his steals kind of regress, that might be an issue. But, I mean, I think his issues are mostly defensively. I mean, he's just kind of letting guys run past him. I think offensively he's kind of going to be who we've seen him be before. Um, and I think, I think Shannon's right. This is, I mean, I think we've seen the worst days of the, of the Wizards. I can't really imagine them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you really imagine them slipping any further? Well, so, but back, back to Porter. Porter's coming off of two years of shooting better than 50% from the field. Uh, he's at 45 and a half this year, but... Ideally, that starts heading back to that 50% trend he had for a while. Uh, Shannon, give us somebody off of your list, sir. Donovan Mitchell. So it seems like there's been a lot of noise about Donovan Mitchell not living up to the hype. Um, that could be debated, but, but I mean, his stats are actually up across the board. Um, he's averaging more points this year, more assists, rebounds are slightly down, more steals, three-pointers are, are right at the same clip that he was last year. Um, taking he had crazy usage last year for a rookie it was like like broke some records or was close to breaking records and and his usage is up this season Um, he's playing one more minute per game taking almost three shots more per game so I'm not worried about Donovan Mitchell if anybody thinks that you know if you think you can get him on the cheap uh, from an owner because he's not ranked in the top 20 right now I would go grab him do it well he's fighting through a bit of an ankle issue also forcing to miss a game but it's one of those small ones that you assume he'll be fine in a, in a few days. Right. And I think he had a really poor first three games, which I think is bringing down his his total averages. He only shot 34% from the field, 70% from the line, 28% from three over that first three-game stretch. But since then, um, he's shooting 49% from three, 86% from the line, 36% from deep, averaging basically 24-5 and five with two steals um so yeah i I would have to i mean great numbers there were peaks and valleys to to his season last year as well and if you paid close attention to it um you would you you knew you know that so it's going to happen um you know he is he is somewhat streaky um we're going to take things to brooklyn where uh i wanted to bring up jared allen uh who's currently ranked 98th on yahoo by average um this was a guy he was going 50 60 in some fantasy drafts 
um, because I mean, we saw his upside as a as a shot blocker, which is driving a lot of that an efficient scorer, solid rebounder, and as a very young player. But that was kind of under the assumption that he'd be getting essentially thirty minutes a game, if not more. Um, right now, he's at twenty six point three minutes per game, and um, a lot of this has been. Uh, the the Nets signed Ed Davis, which I think a lot of people kind of brushed off as like, oh, they just needed a body. It's not exactly what's happening. They're actually playing him. Um, and Jared Dudley and Ronda Hellas Jefferson are even stealing some minutes at center because we know the Nets like to play small. Um, Allen's per 36 numbers have improved marginally, but not significantly. So, I mean, do you guys feel like this is a I mean, do you think he's we, – we know the Nets don't generally like to play guys over 30 minutes. Could you see this 26-minute mark staying all season? Yes, for the because they like to play small. You know, they they are one of the smartest teams in the NBA. They know they got to spread it out, especially since they don't have a ball-dominant star. The Chris Levert's uh, certainly uh, – Levert's kind of on his path to be that guy, but uh, – they don't have the kind of offense that wants a dominant post player. We'll see. I, I think one of the problems, you're right, they, they have a deep rotation. They play a lot of guys between you know 22 and 28 minutes per game, which can be very frustrating for fantasy owners, um, You know, especially Allen. Allen's interesting because he played 30 and 33 minutes the first two games of the season, and it looked like they were really going to uncork him, and, and it hasn't happened yet. Um, you know, if you're thinking, oh, it's because he's dealing with foul trouble on a regular basis, that's why his minutes are down. That's not the case. Um, he's only fouled out. He's had six fouls once. That's the only game he had um, five or more fouls. Usually he only picks up one or two. Um, he's shooting really well. Uh, th- so that's not an issue. It's not because of poor play that he gets yanked and, and has less minutes. Um, I'm not panicking. The problem with, the problem with Jared Allen which is same similar problem to a couple other guys that are on our list is he was overdrafted. Like yeah. they, they, and I get the assumed upside, hype. assumed yes, upside. I, I get the preseason hype, but he was better in that 70, 80 range. Um, you know, drafting him top 50 or 55, 60 was just too high. Um, he's going to be good. I hope the minutes pick up. I think the nets might make a play this season for, for some star power. And if they do, that'll probably sh- shorten up their rotation a little bit. But they're kind of kind of trying to be uh, Toronto of the U.S. a little bit with their depth and their rotation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ken, uh, you're bringing us to your hometown team, your favorite team. I, I, I just want to be cranky for a minute. Well, I'm usually cranky the entire episode, but I'm going to be crankier. This is uh, Brad Stevens. I have full faith in Brad Stevens. But every Celtics game I've watched this season – and I always think, man, they got to move Gordon Hayward to sixth man off the bench roll. He's a step slow. He's really struggling against the stars of other teams. And Tatum and Hayward just do not play well together. We usually talk about guys on the block, right? You can't have two block dominant post up players. But there's something about Tatum and Hayward. There was a. Yeah, I've seen this happen multiple times. It was particularly ugly last night in the Suns game. There was this pe- a possession in the first half. Hayward brings the ball up, does a lot of slow, worthless one-on-one stuff, uh, a one-elbow. Then he passes it to Tatum, who also does a bunch of crazy, ineffective one-on-one stuff. No one, neither of them are looking to pass. No one's moving without the ball. 
Tatum then has to fling an ugly pass back to Hayward, who then kills another five seconds of shot clock with really bad, meaningless one-on-one, and then takes a terrible fadeaway. I think they just, I'm not saying move Hayward permanently to a Vinny the Microwave Johnson role, but give him 10, 15 games to get his confidence and his legs against uh, bench players. Let the Celtics starting lineup be a little more aggressive defensively, frankly, with Baines or Morris in the lineup like they had last year. That's what they need to do. And I just think it's going to take a long time for people to get the value they drafted Hayward with. And I think that's what's going to take for Tatum to shine. The two of them in the starting lineup, it's just awkward. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's that's a tough thing to work through if you're the Celtics. Contracts. Yeah, contracts. Ugh. You got contracts. You want, to, you want to play Hayward so that he, he gets more comfortable. Um, but I'm actually, while you were talking there, I was looking up uh, Jason Tatum's, essentially how well Jason Tatum plays with in two-man combos so for example per 100 possessions Tatum's best teammate that he's played over 100 minutes per game with or 100 minutes total is Marcus Smart the, that's who he's paired best with on yeah, a per smart, 100 possession smart, basis Smart racks up the assists it he makes can. sense he can and at the at the bottom of that list is Gorgon Hayward so everything you've been saying pans out in the numbers they're plus 0.8 with Gorgon Hayward and Jason Tatum paired together, as opposed to Marcus Smart, which is a plus 15.8. So Brad Stevens really has some stuff to work out there as far as trying to get those guys um, to play well together and figuring out ways they can can match. Well, if it continues, I can see some guys in the locker room feeling like there's a little extra Butler favoritism towards Hayward if he keeps starting and getting all those minutes that he's frankly not deserving right now. Yeah, there's too much duplicity between the two, right? Like they, they, it's basically like you have two clones out there. Um, yeah. Obviously, Tatum's younger and more athletic, and I get all that, folks. But they, they're they're total similar games. No, you're do. totally yeah, similar right. Games. Similar games. Um, so that is an issue. But I don't. I wouldn't worry about Tatum. Um, this team has kind of made it known that he's one of the focal points of the building around. We, we've talked about Hayward multiple times um since the season has started and i just i think the upside is pretty minimal i mean it's it's like 15 5 and 4 and and that's that's with that's like the most optimistic outlook that you can have it's it's going to be less than that so hayward's the guy if you can still get name value for i would actually move him yeah um tatum's ranked about 90th so i think that's our first panic yes right it, yeah, it could be. Yeah, Tatum's ranked about 90th. Hayward is about 175. Yeah, and it's hard to necessarily see a path for either of them to make a huge leap. I mean, unless Gordon Hayward, Murray, I mean, unless the All Star break does something insane to Gordon Hayward's health and and his step. Yeah. But you know, what, honestly, if he just starts warming up late February, March, and hits clutch jumpers and some key passes in the in the playoffs, Boston's happy, right? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Now, I, that, so Hayward's our first panic. I've got a handful of guys who I think all qualify for bring panic. the panic. Bring so, the panic. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna try to do this a little bit quicker, and I'll, I'll fire off the names. You guys can give me your takes. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, panic. I'll what say yeah. What's the health situation? 
He's out tonight with the ankle injury. Still, still out. Well, that's part of it for me. I mean, he's he keeps dealing with this ankle and foot issue. Um, he's only averaging 22 minutes per game. He's just not good offensively. I just don't know if he's going to score 10 points a game on a regular basis. It's tough. I haven't crunched the numbers yet, but it also seems like he and uh, Aaron Gordon don't do well together. Like, I feel like every time Aaron Gordon's wait, had wait, a bit. You're saying the Magic have some players that don't mesh well together? Right, right. I, it's, but Are I we think, like, you're six of that? Gordon's had some bad games, and I've, I, 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 like I said, I haven't crunched the numbers, but I've just noticed at least a couple of the games where Gordon has gone off this year are when Isaac's out. And yeah. a lot of his bad games are when Isaac's, are, Isaac's playing. They, so they that's, clearly that's interesting need, to me. They clearly need to continue ignoring the point guard position and just keep drafting bigs. <laughs> and that's the, the, you know, we all know John Hammond loves to just draft anybody with a wingspan. Right. <laughs> right. And completely ignore arguably the most important possession on your team, your field general. Your uh, you- I was going to say, just to, to help make Shannon's point for him, uh, Aaron Gordon's worst two-man partner on the team, Jonathan Isaac at minus fourteen per one hundred possessions. His best teammate, Shannon, Terrence Shannon, Ross. We, we need Alex around when we argue with our spouses, so that you can just pull up stats. <laughs> yeah, that would validate everything we're saying. I'm the Daryl Morey of settling yes. domestic arguments. Dork, El- Dork Elvis of domestic issues. <laughs> Uh, we're, I'm looking at the checkbook figures right now, and you're right. We should really not upgrade that room right now. <laughs> so we're going. We're going. Hayward and Isaac. Both. Both those have deemed panics. How about Miles Turner in Indiana? I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm. I've. I'm worried about Miles Turner. Um, he settles for threes. I was worried about him last year. The same laziness we saw last year. Go ahead, though. Sorry. No, I mean that's. I mean that's the same thing. He's just kind of lazy offensively, and Demontis Sabonis looks like really, really good. good. Yeah. Yeah, and I know aggressive. you can't play him together. Right, and yeah, he's extremely aggressive. He's decisive. He's a, he's a great passer for for a big. Um, so I, it's a tough situation which, to. Which is genetics, right? I mean, so, doesn't he have to be a great passer for a big as a Sabonis? As a Sabonis, right. absolutely. So Turner <laughs> is an elite shot blocker. So if you have Turner. That's, that's going to keep his that's going to keep his value up yeah. all right he's always he's not it's, we're not talking about dropping him even in 10 team leagues the fact that he's blocking two and a half shots per game means you should have him on your roster but at this point given the minutes he's playing his lack of rebounding his lack of scoring his terrible haircut that hair is terrible i it's panic to me like you drafted him top 50 he's not going to provide top 50 value he no. he is what he is he's an elite one category guy right now and Sabonis's minutes are just going to go up right and um you know especially, i mean especially especially with the mediocre point guard play they have to have a big that can pass they need that yeah they do yeah um especially since darren collison's such a great three-point shooter you don't necessarily need him to be on the ball you can have him um do some catch and shoot but yeah turner um his three-point attempts are down and he's shooting only 14 percent from threes rebounding's down it's just it's not a good look right now panic no panic, nor is the Pirates of the Caribbean hairstyle. It's just uh, let All it right. go. Lonzo Ball. Panic? Yes. Yes. I'm going to say no. Um I I might be biased because I think I just think Lonzo Ball is a like a good player and I think that he will find a way to make this work because he can get stats in every single category. Like he, yeah, there's going to be some nights where I mean, I'm looking at his scoring on a game-by-game basis right now from most recent 
moving backwards is three, twelve, three, twelve, four, six, twelve. Like it's it's all over the place. But he's been a solid rebounder. You know he can get assists, steals, and he's been an improved three point shooter. Um, thirty nine percent from three this year on plenty of attempts, four and a half attempts a game. It the it doesn't look amazing right now, but I still have faith in Lonzo Ball to be like a very serviceable fantasy player. Um, not someone I would consider dropping. I probably maybe you could trade him. Um, but what do you guys think? I got him absurdly late in a few, and I didn't want yeah. him, but it was just so late. Like I think the whole fantasy community is down on him. So frankly, if you got him as late as most of us did, you know he's fine. Uh, he's not going to be ball dominant, obviously, with the king. Um, I don't know, Shannon. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's. I don't think it's panic because I think most people who landed Lonzo Ball, they didn't pay the preseason dra- yeah. ranking of you know sixty or sixty five or whatever. You probably yep. got him lower. He probably dropped because of Rondo's presence. With that being the case, you're probably okay. So it's 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 more of a push. Um, the, I think it's clear we're not going to see a breakout mm-hmm. from Lonzo Ball. So hopefully, you know, if you're if you're banking on that, that's not going to happen. But is he going to provide top 100 value and give you, you know, one and a half threes, one and a half steals, 10, five and five with improved shooting percentages? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's not going to be great, but he's going to be he's going to be solid, a solid contributor in, in pretty much any format. Yeah, those are those are great points, because if you draft him around 100, you're doing fine because he's ranked 118 right now. And yeah. for me, it's hard to imagine him doing any like having less production than he's having um it could stay the same but it would probably either stay the same or go up and it's it's yeah. gonna it fluctuate like, oh it will fluctuate yeah, game just by game's gonna, his game logs yeah. gonna be ugly you're gonna see a lot of you know three five and five twelve nine and four three three and three twelve four and seven those are the past four games those are his actual stats that's how it's gonna be all season so like dfs i'm terrified of using them uh, but yeah, season long, I think his stats will, you know, improve slightly from where they're at now. And he's, he's definitely a hold. So we'll, we'll call that one a push. Um, this, how about, how about the homie Dario in Philly? He's been Panic. bad. He has been bad. bad this year. Exposed his, his lack of athleticism and slow feet are, are getting exposed. <laughs> I'll also add, I think the actual worst haircut in the NBA. Just terrible. You could flow be something better than whatever that, that thing is. He's working. What Alex, do you, are you, are you panicking here? I don't want to, because I like, I, I think I, I like Dario Sarge as a player. He's coming off his best game of the year. Um, but yeah, I, I think some of this might be a function of kind of the issues we're just seeing in Philadelphia in general with spacing. Yeah. Um, yes 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 and yes because his i mean his his overall attempts are down like they're he's shooting about one and a half fewer times per game his free throw attempts are down marginally um he's taking about the same amount of threes he's shooting 35 percent from the field 27 percent from deep like i think those will go up but it's clearly just everything is more difficult for him um and so i don't know how dramatically that will change until maybe markel fultz is out of the starting lineup Maybe maybe Saric, just maybe the rotations change a little bit, and he becomes more of a focal point of the second unit, things like that. 
Yeah, I, I think this one actually is a push. Um, I'm not panicking because I think those shooting percentages will bounce back. I mean, 35 and 27%. He's still he's still a good shooter. He's shooting 89% from the free throw line. He's, they he's need good. shooters. They yeah. need shooters. He, he, the he, the attempts, the free throw or three point attempts are still there. He's getting five three point attempts per game. Um, I I am not gonna panic. It's worrisome that he hasn't been able to knock down a lot of open looks that he has had because he's one of the few guys that is out there to space the floor. Um, but I, I think we're gonna see improvements. And once he bounces back to his career norm, you know, 40, 43 and thirty five percent, then his stats will be pretty much identical to last year. This is a bit of a sidebar, and I think with Saric, it's a lack of ability. But the rest of that team, they are just lazy on defense. They are so late. Simmons just takes a few possessions off. Uh, they're just they they're too athletic to be as lazy as they look on defense. I mean, faults. You know, the big excuse other than just sheer development, but you know, the Celtics really exposed Redick defensively in the playoffs last year. Fultz does play better D, but the team defense in Philly, ugh, it's, it's just painful to watch. Now, it goes, we can't go without a podcast episode without me bringing up this guy. So Do it. JaVale McGee. <laughs> now, no, no, hear me out. Hear Alex, me out. Alex hear, is man I, I think I know where you're going, so I'll, I'll after, hear you out. After the Lakers decided to bring Tyson Chandler into town and looking at Tyson Chandler's first game, where he basically he took over for J- JaVale McGee, who cannot play defense. They had to play Chandler for the, the fourth quarter and down the stretch for his D. Are you now worried about JaVale McGee's status? Is he gonna is he gonna start to dip off? I don't think so. Ah. Chandler No well okay. Ah, I, of course you don't, you shameless apologist. <laughs> I think I think they'll probably close it might be close to splitting minutes, but really Chandler has Chandler's too old to play 25 minutes a night anymore. Alex, like, Alex, it, look at those beards and tell me you're going to give McGee more minutes. Come on. All right, Chandler. Yeah, Chandler's is impressive. Uh, Chandler, Chandler played 23 minutes in his first appearance. Yeah, but he hasn't. He hasn't. But he's got fresh legs. The sons have been telling him to go to the hair salon or whatever, and um, you know, just just watch DeAndre and be better than you every single game. <laughs> So what this tells me, I, I actually, if I'm a McGee owner, I'm, I'm not panicking. He was one of my last no. picks. He's been providing top 35 value. So, but what I sell do, high. You can I sell, sell high. high. Like yeah. I absolutely sell high. Now is the time to do it. I'm not saying Chandler's going to totally submarine McGee's value for this season, but it's going to put a ding into it because now now the Lakers have a defensive option to plug in there in the middle, especially late in games. So I'm selling high on McGee if if I can. If I can get a top 50 player, top 60 player for him, I'm absolutely selling. Agreed. So some of those names, we ran through a list of names last week. Uh, you know, would you trade McGee for X center, X center? Some of those names that you said no to, I, I encourage you, Alex. Now you should be selling <laughs> Do it, Alex. Them. I'll agree in the sense I don't think JaVale is going to play any better from here on like he's not this is this is the peak of his value so i think in that sense you it make it would make sense to um to sell high all right i win that battle now let's <laughs> let's let's talk about <laughs> DraftKings. yeah if uh <clears throat> if you have a fantasy team made up of every single player that we just previously mentioned um there is daily fantasy um rotowire is partnering up with DraftKings. 
we can offer six-month memberships for free. So you go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings. You sign up for a new account. You make a $10 deposit or more, and you'll get six-month access to all tools and sports on rotowire.com. That's not just basketball. Um, You'll get DFS lineup optimizers, weekly rankings, premium articles, full-season draft software, and much more, all for $10. And then you can take that $10, enter it into other contests, potentially win more money. You go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings and follow the instructions. Disclaimer, eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only. See DraftKings.com for details. So leading us off with DraftKings, uh, Shannon, you're going to take us to Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. There's a couple players I like in Atlanta. Atlanta is a fun team to target for DFS yeah, because it's usually high scoring. They're horrible. Um, <laughs> and they actually do have decent firepower as well. I mean, they're they're not going to stop anyone on the defensive end. Uh, the over-under against the Pistons tonight is about 225, uh, depending on your source. I like a couple guys, the two rookies, Spellman and Trey Young. Trey Young um, we've pro- we've talked about him before. Anyone who's been playing DFS, um, he's been pretty consistent 30-point guy. I think he's only dipped below 30 points like twice this season. Um, but the reason why I like him is because he's exploded for 56 and 60-point outings um, on DraftKings, and he can do that on any given night. So I like Trey Young at his price point. Um, and then Spellman is currently filling in for John Collins. Spellman's a very risky play. Um, he's only $4,100 on DraftKings coming off by far his best game of the season, 18 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, three blocks, one steal. Good for, for 47 and a half fantasy points. Again, I mean, that's the game before Spellman started and only had eight and a half fantasy points. So he's very risky option. Um, but Blake Griffin's not necessarily known for his defense. Um, and I think Spellman might be able to, might be able to use kind of that momentum from his big outing against the Knicks to have another solid, solid game against the Pistons. You know, while we're talking, uh, Hawks Pistons, can I jump in with my suggestion? Yes. Torian Prince value at 5,600. He's been fighting his way back into the starting lineup, a little dinged up. He's got something to prove and he's facing Glenn Robinson, not Stanley Johnson. Robinson, a better offensive threat, clearly, than Johnson, who can't hit the side of a barn. But uh, not the defense that Stanley has. Uh, so I, I like Prince at the as a, at that cheapo 5600 price. Yeah, there's, there's always going to be some value in Atlanta because of the way they share the ball, the way they play. Uh, we know Prince can rack up. I mean, he, he can, you know, he puts up stats in every category. Um, he takes <clears throat> seven attempts from three per game, so he can always get hot there. Um, I'm going to move us towards uh, some big men. Go back men. to Washington, baby. Yeah, back to Washington as a Washington-heavy <laughs> podcast, um, kind of regrettably. But I have Dwight Howard at $6,000 against his former team, the Orlando Magic. Um, and if there's any a time... Lot of former teams. A yeah, lot though, of former oh, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I really only have confidence in, in playing Dwight Howard in fantasy uh, when he's playing a former team. <laughs> um, which means I'll probably end up playing him a lot for the rest of his career because <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how long he'll be a wizard. Um, but yeah, 6,000 against Orlando. It wouldn't surprise me if he just dropped 20, 20 out of nowhere in the next game, six and six. Like I just, um, yeah, it's, it's very narrative driven. I have no like 
I have no stats I can point to from this year. I know he's nursing a sore back, but have the last three or four teams signed Howard due to actual stats? No, no. I have a trio of guys who we actually we mentioned all of them in the in the panic. Well, uh, we're one trick ponies. Well, we're, no, we're, we're, the <laughs> thing is, these guys are these guys are all targets of mine on DraftKings because they are in that panic category because they have underperformed to some extent this season. So you've got one Auto, Auto Porter is at fifty two hundred. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is at seventy one hundred. That's mainly because of his matchup. Uh, against the Boston Celtics, but it's it's at home. He's coming off a forty five point fantasy sports out uh, fantasy out, scoring out, outing, but seventy one hundred. That's the cheapest I have seen Donovan Mitchell since like the fifth week of his rookie season. Uh, he has not been this cheap in a long time. Uh, he's usually around eight thousand. So at seventy one hundred, even with the tough matchup against Boston and what what will probably be the lowest scoring game of the of the night. I, I feel like you have to go with that. And, and then the other one's Jared Allen. Um, you know, minutes are tough. You know, he's only only been playing 27, about 27 minutes per game the, the last few, but he, he's coming off back-to-back 30-plus point fantasy points, and he's 5,300. So I like all those guys. You know, even though season-long they, they're, they've been kind of iffy up to this point, that leads to them being discounts on DraftKings tonight. Uh, Ken, you're going to take us to the highest over under of the night. Yes. Uh, I, uh, give me some more Darren Fox, you know, 6,900 is a little pricey, but again, highest over under of the night at 232, and he's facing D Rose. Yes. D Rose is having a renaissance, but it's more on the offensive end. I don't think anyone's ever thought of D Rose as a defensive specialist. So, uh, I like the extra cash for Fox, especially with the bargains that you guys have mentioned. Uh, earlier in the pot, uh, and uh, it's it's important to note Minnesota also allows the second most uh, DraftKings points per game to mm-hmm. centers. Um, so Willie Cauley Stein is in play during that game. Helps with the high over under. Uh, my last suggestion is just going to be a quick one. It's Nikola Jokic against Brooklyn. Brooklyn is as bad as they were last year at stopping centers, um, and he's not coming off. Uh, Jokic not coming off particularly impressive outing um 9200 he can he can definitely get through that value so i feel uh i'd feel all right about putting him in my lineup uh we're going back to you ken for um for your old man rant ah billion ah sorry there's better old person noise ah <laughs> billion dollar sports arenas are evil public education is in the toilet Yet it seems like communities are paying for a new arena every day. My own alma mater, Northwestern, is as guilty as anyone, launching both a football practice facility and a new basketball arena in the same year, each are worth over $100 million. In my day, stadiums like Wrigley Field or the old Welsh Ryan Arena at NU, they had two bathrooms with one long giant trough for peeing. You got to know your neighbors while holding your beer in your armpit. It was sick. And gross, and we liked it. But if some poorly run team like the Clippers or Raiders can earn an extra buck by moving, they do it. Fan base be damned. It's baloney. Ah! There's nothing worse than those troughs filled with <laughs> ice cubes. It's the 
The good times. Worst. No. Oh, good times. Back in the day, baby. Good times. Back when men were men. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Ken, you did have one mispronounced name. Oh, I knew uh, it right when I said it. Lay it on me, brother. Chris Levert. Yeah. Is in fact Karis Levert. Uh, oh. Easy to do. Um, they sound relatively similar if you kind of mumble them anyway. <laughs> Chris Levert, that's like a professional women's tennis player or something. <laughs> you know? I've, I've heard that. Name. I thought it was an African American boy band. Wasn't there a Levert? The Levert brothers. Uh, what, yeah, who is? I don't know. Yeah, but no, you're right. You're right. Levert was an American R&B vocal group from Cleveland, Ohio, formed in oh. 1983. Levert was composed of Sean and Gerald Levert, sons of the Eddie Lant. Levert, founder and lead singer <laughs> of the R&B soul vocal group The OJ's. There we go. There well, the, we go. The Lost Levert brother. Um, <laughs> we're gonna, this is a very uh, Ken heavy end of the podcast but Ken you're going to take us out of here with more Washington Wizards Dwight Howard talk well first we want to say thanks for joining us on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by our good friends at DraftKings and yes we're going back to Washington my hometown for today's quote we're going to go to number one pick from the 2004 draft someone who's gotten way too much attention in this pod Yes, Dwight Howard. He said recently, I'd go to the Dwight House when asked if he would go to the White House if he won a championship. I find this quote funny because Dwight Howard will never win a championship. (sighs) Attention passengers, this three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.